Good morning. Welcome. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Hey, if you guys have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Romans 8. I just want to encourage you with this verse. Um, That's encouraged me. So this is Romans 8, starting at verse 1, out of the New King James Version. Romans 8, starting at verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Could we uh, stand and pray? Heavenly Father, on this day that we are reminded of your son's victory from the grave, we ask that your spirit, who raised him from the grave, dwells in each of us, that we would walk according to your spirit and follow the desires that honor him, that we would know that there is no condemnation for those who walk according to the spirit. Because of your sacrifice, there is life and freedom. Amen. Father, we do ascribe to you the honor. We do ascribe to you the glory. We do ascribe to you the name that is above all names. And all, all, all things are under you. Lord, you are the overcomer. By faith, you, you went to the cross and you won. You won. You came out with a victory that has set us free. And Lord, we're just so excited, so glad, so so full of joy that we get to celebrate that again today. And Lord, we're going to celebrate it again tomorrow and the next day and the next week and the next month and the next year. We're going to be celebrating that victory throughout eternity. And we're just so blessed that you've allowed us to be a part of it, a part of your family, a part of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, why don't you greet at least... Hallelujah. Man, after that worship, we could just go home, couldn't we? Praise God. Go home and get some ham. You know, I was thinking about this, sorry, this, I was thinking about this during worship. I was thinking, during worship, I'm thinking, okay, on Easter, we, we eat ham, or people eat ham, you know, a lot of people eat ham. Now, why is that? And I, all of a sudden, I just, I just, it came to me. It's because we're free. Yeah, we, we're free. We're free. We can have ham now. We can have bacon. Glory to God. 
Thank you, Jesus. Years ago, this has nothing to do with Easter or anything else, but it just, just popped into my head. I have, to th- I have to say it, otherwise I can't move on. A uh, number of years ago, I spent uh, two weeks with uh, some gentlemen uh, training for self-defense, and they were from New York, and uh, they were Jewish. Uh, they were Jews from, from New York, and one morning I woke up and I could smell bacon <laughs> cooking. And I, I walked out into the kitchen and I said, uh, morning, and everybody said, good morning. I said, hey, I just got to ask you, bacon? And they all turned and looked at me and went, it's bacon. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Praise God for freedom, amen? amen? Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, begin with verse 1. A couple of weeks ago, I started out talking about faith. We're going to continue to talk about faith, but we're going to talk about faith in the, in the uh, context of Resurrection Sunday. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Happy Easter. Happy whatever you call it. I don't care. It's, yeah, it's right. He's risen. That's all that matters. Bottom line, that's all that matters. But we're going to talk about this in the context, faith in the context of that. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning with verse 1, says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I read those verses and I meditate on those verses and, and, I, and I, I, I came up with a question. And I don't know if it was me or it was the Holy Spirit. You'll, just, you'll, you'll know by the end. I don't know. Did Jesus have to live by faith? I mean, he's God, right? He was all God. He was all God. And does God live by faith? So then Jesus, while he was on this earth, had to live by faith. You know, I've I've studied it quite a bit, thought about it a lot, heard other people teach on it and so on. When Jesus came to this earth, he didn't come with any special privileges. He didn't come with any special knowledge. When he was born a baby, he was born a baby, a human baby. Now, when he was filled with the Spirit, obviously the Spirit of God filled him and and things changed. But he was all God when he was born because he had no human father. He He was born of a virgin. But he was also all man. He was all human. He was both. He was God incarnate. He was was God with us, Emmanuel. But he was human. Why? Because he had to come as the perfect sacrifice and the, and the, the one who sinned was the first Adam. And so the second Adam, Jesus, had to come as a man in that form to actually live it right and to do it right. And so everything he did from that day forward, from the moment he was born all the way through his life, he lived the way God intended us to live. 
And so he had to live by faith. Well, what did he have to live by faith in? That's, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked it. He had to live by faith. But what did he have to live by faith in? Well, he had to live by faith that he is or was who the Bible or who the, the, the Old Testament said he was. Because I'm sure everybody and everything was trying to convince him that he wasn't. I mean, even his parents said, what are you doing? Why are you, why'd you stay at the temple? And he goes, don't you know? I need to be about my father's business. He knew at 12 years old who he was. Because he would listen to the teacher. He would listen to, the, to, the, to the, uh, the, the rabbi. He'd listen to the one reading the scripture. He would listen to this stuff, and he would actually believe it. Novel. I mean, we can read this stuff, and we have a choice whether to believe it or not. He chose to believe it. There's a scripture that says that he knew who he was by the, by the word by, the, by what was written about him in the Word, as in Psalms. He knew who he was. He would hear those stories and go, huh, that's me. They said I was born in Bethlehem. Huh. They said I was born of a virgin. That's what Mom says. That's what Dad said. That's what they said the angels said. That I was of the lineage, he's the, of the lineage of David. Huh. I'm, the, I'm of the lineage of David. Isn't that amazing? And it just, he just keeps seeing more and keeps seeing more. He keeps seeing what's in the Word, and then he had a choice whether to believe it or not. And then as he's living his life, he, has to, he had a choice to believe whether he should go preach or not. Because everybody wanted to stop him. Even his family. Even his family, who had seen the angels, who had seen the miracles, who had seen everything else, it says they went to him because they thought he was crazy. They tried to take charge of him. They tried to have an intervention. <laughs> you come home. Quit acting this way. We got work to do back at the shop. They said, your mother and brothers are here. Your family is here. And he goes, everyone who does the will of God is, is my family. Praise God. He had to, by faith, continue to move forward. The very first time he did a miracle, he had to do it by faith. He lived his whole life by faith. All the way through the three years of, 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 of ministry. All the way through the, the week leading up to the cross. And the choice to go on that cross, he had to do it by faith. Why? Because as far as he knew, if he went on that cross and died, there's a chance he might not come back. But he was well past that. He was so far past that. It was, you know, it, it would, when they tried to talk him out of it, now, I have to set the stage here. I have to set the stage because you know, I'm going to read a scripture here in just a second, but you're going to have to understand the context of, of why what was happening all around them through that whole thing was for weeks as they were headed towards Jerusalem, he kept saying, guys, I just need to let you know. When I get to Jerusalem, they're going to they're gonna accuse me. They're going to beat me up. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna put me on a cross and I'm going to die. But, I, but don't worry, I'm coming back. He said it multiple times. He even said it the night it happened. And they all went, 
I wonder what he's talking about. Huh. I know how Jesus feels. I say something, you know, say things sometimes and people go look at me like, huh. I wonder what he's talking about. By faith, he's, he is speaking ahead of time because he knows what's about to happen because it's in the scriptures. It's in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament. The whole gospel's in the Old Testament. You know that? The New Testament's just the fulfillment of what God had been saying for thousands of years. By faith, he preached. By faith, he healed. By faith, he did miracles. By faith, he lived. By faith, he spoke. By faith, he kept moving forward. When it was time to go to Jerusalem, they tried to stop him. They, somebody came up and said, hey, don't go to Jerusalem. Herod's looking for you. And what did he say? The Bible says, he, look, he, say, he says, tell that old fox I'll be right there. And he set his face like flint. What that means is he set his face to Jerusalem and started walking. His disciples understood exactly what was happening because they looked at each other and said, well, we might, as well, we might as well go and die too. By faith, Jesus did everything that he did. And he did it in order that we can actually live by faith. He showed us that it was possible. Well, yeah, yeah, but he was God. Yeah, but he was also man. He really had a choice. He had a choice in that garden to, to, to stop. He had a choice. He had a choice all the way back, you know, at the, uh, at the, the top of the, the, the pinnacle of the, of the, of the uh, temple when Satan said, I'll give you everything if you jump off. <laughs> Duh. Just think about that for a second. But every step of the way, he did it right. He did it right. Even to this where we just read in Hebrews 12, it says, verse 2, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. If Adam was the screwer-upper of our faith, <laughs> now it doesn't say that. I'm adding a little bit, just a tad. The original Hebrew may have said something like that. If Adam was that, then Jesus is the perfecter of it. He did it right. He did it right. He obeyed. He, 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 what did we say faith was last two weeks ago? I said I gave a definition, the actual dictionary definition of faith. It means to trust. You know, many times we think faith is just this big ooey-wooey super spiritual word. It's not. It really just means I trust God. When I'm given a choice here, when I'm given a choice between trusting what the devil says, you know, the difference between you know, trusting what the world says, what the enemy says, what the throw whatever you want to throw in there says, and what God says, I'm going to trust God. And Jesus said, our faith has to be like that of a child. Anybody who's had children, anybody who has children, anybody who has grandchildren, knows that there are times when children trust you more than they should. I've had them jump off stuff they shouldn't be jumping off. 
trusting that I'm going to catch them. And as they got bigger, we had to have talks afterwards. Okay, this has got to stop, guys, because it isn't that I don't want to try, you know, I don't want to catch you. It's just there's going to be a time when I can't catch you or I can catch you, but then you're on top of me and or both, yeah, we're both hurt, exactly. But the faith of a child means I just trust you. And that night, as Jesus was betrayed and as he was, as he was taken into custody and as he was, as he was led into that, that judgment, that's the kind of faith he walked by. Okay, I'm going to trust you. Now, we know it wasn't easy. How do we know it wasn't easy? Because he sweat blood. And I don't know if I have it in the notes. I, I, in, in setting this up, I came across that verse that says, you've never had to sweat blood yet. You've, never had, you've not had your faith tested so much where you've sweated blood. There is an actual physiological answer to that. I've, I've, I've heard doctors talk, you know, not heard them in person, but I've read and seen video of them talking about that you can actually become so stressed and so, uh, so full of anxiety, so full of pressure that you actually will start sweating blood. And that's where Jesus was. But he did it right. He's the perfecter of our faith. He perfected it. How did he perfect it? He just obeyed. He just went, I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to trust you, Father, that I'm going to walk towards that cross. And the Bible says he was led to slaughter like a lamb. He just, the lamb doesn't know any different. The lamb doesn't really know what's about to happen. He just calmly walks towards it. And that's what Jesus did. He kept moving towards it, kept moving towards it, kept moving. All the times he could have stopped it. And he said, don't you understand? I could have called legions. I could have called all the angels of heaven and stopped this. But I'm doing it on purpose. I'm doing it because I trust him. And what did he trust? He trusted what he read in the scripture, what somebody read to him in the scripture that says, my holy one will not see decay. That was enough for him to just grab a hold of that and to believe completely, 100%, that he could trust his father. No matter what it looked like, no matter what it sounded like, no matter what it felt like, I'm going to trust you that my body will not see decay. And he was not disappointed. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, beginning with verse 16. says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. He did it. He showed us all of this so that we would just trust him. He did everything he did so that we would have faith. Okay, well, let's, let's, let's step away from this super spiritual ooey-wee word, which it's not. Faith is just faith. It just means you trust him. He did everything here 
from faith, from trusting God, by trusting God, so that people can trust God and will trust God. He showed us the way to go. He showed us how to do it so that you and I can do it. And the more we listen to that and study that and hear that and talk about it and and fill our hearts and minds, the more we'll actually start to trust him. And we'll do the crazy stuff he did. Because the crazy stuff he did wasn't anything special. In the spirit world, that's the way things are. It's just natural. It's more natural than what we deal with. Because what we deal with is temporary. Poverty is temporary. Sickness is temporary. Death is temporary. Faith, hope, and love are forever. The presence of God is forever. Miracle working power is forever. That's reality. Well, now you're getting now you're getting crazy, Pastor. Now you're getting well, you're one of them whoa, way out there folk. No, that's kind of where it, that's middle. That's the middle of the gospel, is that this stuff is temporary and that is eternal. The thing is, when Jesus stepped over and he, he died on that cross and he rose from the dead, he took that and brought it here. Every day. Every day. You can live in the supernatural. From faith, for faith, is why he did this. It says in Hebrews 1. For it is the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. The world is lying constantly. Everything else other than the kingdom of God is lying constantly. That is not the way God is. That is not the way God is. That is not the way God is. He doesn't do that for you. He can't do that for you. He won't. He doesn't even exist. Blah, 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 blah. It exists. It is everything it does is to prove the opposite of what we know is true. Well, but I can't see him. I can't smell him. I can't physically touch him. I have never heard his physical, audible voice. That's why you have to believe it by faith. Now, I'm going to tell you a secret, man. This is, this is, oh, this is, this is awesome. I'm going to tell you a real, this is, oh, gosh, this is a cool, should I tell him? I should tell him. I should tell him. I'm going to tell you a secret. The moment you start to live by faith, you will see here experience you'll see it i've seen people healed right in front of me i've seen lives changed i've seen people who were horrible terrible rotten heathen people their lives change why because they're just good in their heart no they were terrible rotten horrible people 
But the moment they, they, they gave up and they said, okay, God, I trust you for my salvation, he began to change them. Right here is one of them. He changed me. Praise God he changed me. Praise God he's changing me. Right, honey? Have faith. He's changing me. <laughs> By faith. Verse 19. For what can, we, what, for what can be known about God's plain, plan? It's got to be plan. Plain. Oh, oh, is plain. Never mind. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so, they, so that they are without excuse. Every day you can see God. I see God every day. I don't see his physical form. I don't see the glory. I don't see. But what I do is I sit in my, my, my lazy boy with a cup of coffee in one hand and a piece of toast in the other, and I, will look, I look out at nature. I mean, I don't know how many times I've said it to my wife. We live in a house that we, we have a, a view that is just, oh. And I, I, I turn to her and I go, we live in heaven? We do. We live in heaven. I see the glory of God. Now, there are people who wake up every day and all they see is hell. Why? Because, and they can live as twice as nice a house as I live in, but they can still, all they can see is hell. It's because they haven't trusted him. Because when you trust him, when you put your trust in him, you, you change over from death to life. Yes. And that change is Everything. Because I've lived in basement apartments that kind of smelled musty, you know? And God is still God. And I knew that he was good. And I saw God then too. It isn't about location. It's about heart. It's about trusting. It's not about what you see. It's about who you know. Turn with me real quick, then we'll close. Might even have an Easter miracle here and get done early. Do you guys know it's nice outside? I mean, it's like really, really nice outside. We are not wasting this moment, trust me. John chapter 20. John chapter 20, beginning with verse 24. This passage of scripture is in the upper room after the resurrection. The women have come back and said that Jesus wasn't in the tomb. John and Peter came back and said Jesus wasn't in the tomb. Three guys, two guys coming down from the, from, you know, on the road to Emmaus came back and said, we just talked to him. He showed up in the room with them. Everybody was there except Thomas. I mean, people were, it, it, this, this isn't, you know, well, you know, it's a supernatural, really, really ooey-wooey, esoteric. You know, we, we believe he is, you know, that he is risen because he's, you know, he was, no, he actually rose. And they talked to him. And he ate with them. And a bunch of other stuff. For, not just for a day or an afternoon. I mean, this is like for 40 days. Over and over and over. This is early on. This is, this is the beginning of it. But for, you know, he, he actually showed himself. 
And this story here is just so cool. I, I love this. I'm glad I'm not Thomas, and I hope I'm not Thomas. Lord, please don't let me be Thomas. John chapter 20, beginning with verse 24, says, Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger in the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. That's just gross. I mean, I get it cut sometimes. The last thing in my mind is... <laughs> but I think what Thomas is trying to say is, prove it. Unless I, unless I see it with my eyes and I know there's a beyond a physical bit of doubt, if there's, unless, unless you prove it to me. Somebody, I don't know who one, one of you posted on Facebook the other day, and I, I, I was laughing because it was an interview. It was a video, an old video of a street preacher and some woman, and the street preacher is preaching about Jesus and the resurrection, and this woman says, I want to see the, 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 the medical records that Jesus lived after the death and he just stopped i thought oh that was, the way he answered was brilliant he, he just said ma'am they didn't keep medical records two thousand years ago <laughs> that would be like saying unless i see the tiktok video of jesus coming out of the tomb i'm not going to believe it well give me a break how many of you know that abraham lincoln lived how many of you, you do? Unless we have some Abraham Lincoln deniers out there. I don't know. Yeah, 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 whatever. He lived. I never talked to him, never saw him. People have. Heard of people that had. Just because you don't see it with your eyes doesn't mean it's not Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, do you notice Jesus didn't come back the next moment? He's like, all right, figure it out. I'm going to give you a few days to change your mind. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them, and he said, Peace be with you. And then he turned to Thomas. I love it. He's like, all right, here we go, boys. Put your finger here and see my hands. And put your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And I love... I, you know, I love Thomas. And Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Right answer. Yes, yeah, the right answer. That's exactly it. <laughs> you know, there's people today that, you know, unless I see that I'm healed, I won't believe it. Unless I see the money in my bank account that I need, I won't believe that God can supply all my needs. Unless I fill in the blank. The problem with that logic is you have to believe first to see. Faith 
is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. When I came to God, I mean, when I really came to God, when I was like done with the old life, done with all that stupidity, when I was done, I never saw God. I never saw anything. I never felt anything. Literally, it was one of those times where I didn't feel anything. No tingles, you know, no whoos. I literally sat there and said, I believe. I had to take that step first. Now, since then, I've seen all kinds of stuff. I've seen lives change. I've seen bodies healed. I've seen miracles. I've seen provision. I've seen, I've seen all the stuff. But that, in that moment, I had to believe it before I saw it. Thomas wouldn't believe it until he saw it. Praise God, he changed. Praise God, he changed. Praise God, praise God, God gave him grace. He could have said, skip you. But God loves people. Verse 29, Jesus said to him, Have you believed because, of, because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Christianity is built on not seeing but believing. Well, that's just, that's just, you know, crazy. That's just crazy. Why would I believe, you know, do I believe in unicorns? No. Well, you've never seen one. Well, that's true. But there hasn't been 2,000 years of history, five to 6,000 years of history, all pointing to a historical human being who did exactly what historical documents have said. And now, 2,000 years ago, we have to just believe it. By faith. We have to believe it. Because if we don't do that, we're lost. He's, he's not going to show up today and have you stick your fingers in his side. He's not going to do it. Because the Bible says, and here's where the pressure comes on me and others, is that he uses the foolishness of preaching. He uses the foolishness of what I'm saying right now. I'm saying I believe in, a, in an unknown unseen, unseen being, and I believe he created everything. I believe that he loves us. I believe that he created me, and I believe that he sent his son to die on a cross for me. And I believe that if I put my faith in him, if I put my faith in what he did on that cross, that I will spend eternity with him forever. I believe that with everything that I am. Amen. And that can sound foolish to somebody, but praise God we're not in this alone. Because even while I'm saying that, in your hearts, you're going, yes. The Bible says that he confirms the preaching of the word. I've talked to so many people where, I, where I'm sharing the gospel and they're laughing at me, they're, they're making jokes, they're screwing around, they, they think I'm an idiot, whatever. But I know, I know they're being touched in their heart and they can't go to sleep tonight Amen. without thinking about it. And I pray that's what happens right now. I pray that not a single person within the sound of my voice ever, and I'm talking about ever, whether it's on recordings or audio or whatever, I pray that everyone who hears this message from anyone, whether it's me or anybody else, that you can't think about anything else. I hope the rest of your life, because I want you to be saved. Hell is horrible. 
I don't, I mean, just the little bit that I've experienced here on this earth, I don't want to see the other stuff. I want to be with him. Life everlasting. But you have to believe it here. Last set of verses, really quick. Galatians chapter 2, and then I'm going to turn it over to the announcements, and we will have an Easter miracle. Galatians chapter 2, beginning with verse 20. Now remember, I'm saying this because it's in the Word. I'm reading it out of the Bible, but I'm, I'm not just saying it. I'm not just reading a bunch of words. I'm actually, this is, I actually, this is from me by faith. This is, I'm saying this, and I believe this. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. If you could be good enough, if you could, if you could do all the right things and never do any wrong things, and you could earn your way to heaven, then Christ died for no reason. The reality is you can't do it. Nobody can. Jesus did. Jesus did. He was the perfect one. From that point on, it's all by faith, boys and girls, and ladies and men. And, sorry, I don't know why I say something sometimes. <laughs> it just comes out, you know. It's just, you have to live by faith. And if you don't, then you're separated from God. And that's hell. Being separated from God is hell. There'll be a day when it's too late and you're separated from him forever. That's horrible. Man, I don't want you to do that. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. You can live by faith in the Son of God. And in that moment, the moment you live by faith in the Son of God, you've entered eternity with Him. And you'll get to see all the other stuff too. Just hang on to your hats. Amen? Amen. Linda. Hallelujah. It's resurrection morning, and the power of God is alive in us, isn't it? Our job when we leave here this morning is to go out and show the power. Show it off. Big time. Hallelujah. Pastor, I appreciated that sermon so much today. Hallelujah. Okay, now I'm remembering where I'm going. There it is. Philippians 4.15. Thank you, Joy. Okay, now I just have to find Philippians, right? There it is. Hallelujah. It says, this is King James. I can do, oopsie. Nope, I'm on the wrong one. Four fifteen. What am I looking at here? Oh, it's four nineteen. Sorry, Joy. <laughs> I don't know my own scriptures. Uh, but my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Um, I don't know if any of you guys noticed this, but Pastor shared that verse just a few minutes ago. 
And I thought, oh, he's going to steal my thunder. But he didn't. Um, what I'd like you to do is realize, what is God saying there? But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. It says, but. So there's something before the but. And in that preference before the but, he's talking, Paul is talking to the, through the church at Philippi, and he's saying that you're the only one who communicated with me as giving and receiving. So as we give and receive, it makes us a qualifier for the but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. How much did he say he'd supply? Yell it out, church. All. 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 That means today, if the house payment is due, that's part of all, isn't it? That means if you've got to get your car fixed tomorrow, that's part of all. That means if your tummy is hungry, that's part of all. Hallelujah. God is a good God, is he not? Yes. And he loves us so much that he gave us the very best gift he could give, didn't he? Pastor just talked about it. We have the right and the privilege to enter heaven if we will but believe. And when we are doing our giving, we need to believe there too. We need to trust God to make us those containers that hold the financial wealth of the world because we're the ones that know how to use it wisely, right? Am I right? Yeah, we know how to trust God, use it for the kingdom, use it how to bless people. Hallelujah. In my notes, it's talking about there's all kinds of giving, but here Paul was receiving something, wasn't he? And only the Philippian church did it. I find that interesting. But they gave and received, and their promise was that God would supply all their needs according to his riches and glory. Do you think his riches and glory might have enough for us? Or would we be like the world and wonder if we should not have more than two kids because oh, I don't know if we could take care of them. I think God can take care of us, can't he? He is good, and he will remain good forever. Hallelujah. I would like to pray. Hallelujah. Father, I pray a blessing over your people today. I believe that they will be obedient to your word and to your will for them. So, Lord, I ask them to hear what you say and to be obedient to the gift that they should choose to give today. And, Father, if by chance there's some who do not have to give today, I'm asking that you will provide not only seed for the sower but bread for their eating, that they will have their need met and know of the abundance of our God. Hallelujah, Father. And we just ask, Father, that as we go forth on this resurrection morning, that this week is just filled with your resurrection power, that we share you everywhere, God, that we tell about you, 
that we live like Christians everywhere we go and that we are love. Father, we thank you that forgiveness is ours when we mess up. But Lord, I pray that you'll help us this week to be strong in you and in the power of your might. That we'll put on the whole armor of God and we will defeat the enemy because he deserves a black eye. Hallelujah, Lord. But we just ask, Father, that you'll help us to shine as lights this week and you'll show each of us what we're to do. That you'll give us those step-by-step instructions, Father, and we'll choose to obey you and give you honor and glory and that many will be one to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And Father, we just thank you. We just commit the people into your care, Lord. And we ask you to bless them and the gifts. In Jesus' name, 